All right, nerds. I know you guys have been good all week holding in those book spoilers from your friends, trying to pretend like we like Alana too, but it's time to renounce those oaths. Welcome back to Black Aja Friday. This is a special bonus episode where we're digging into all the spoilers from the Wheel of Time episode four, The Dragon Reborn. This is going to be full book spoilers through A Memory of Light. In no way are we probably going to talk about anything that far out, but no holds bar, all spoilers. Let's get it all out. I'm your host, Lindsay. I'm going to be flying solo tonight. And make sure that you guys subscribe to Behind the Timeline. It helps us out. Send us feedback at gobehindthetimeline at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at gobehindthetimeline and on Twitter at behindtimeline. And send us feedback, hit us up, and let me know if you guys want to do any spoiler episodes with me. Like, I I mean, those of you who know me know I can talk, but if anybody wants to hop in here with me, absolutely let me know. If you're a book fan, let's go. <laughs> let's talk about The Wheel of Time. So let's dive right into this. Let's talk about Pegwain, which I don't love, and yet is like the only thing now that I can think of when I talk about these guys or think about these guys, but Perrin and Egwain... Let's talk about some of the changes to their storyline and just how some of what happens like has implications for the books. And the biggest like missing piece in this is Elias, right? And I don't really miss Elias. Like I like Elias, but I'm not I'm not missing him here really. Like I don't mind it. Perrin just murdered his wife, so I feel like it's legit to give him some time to like process that. And I really like everything we're getting about the way of the leaf and all the stuff that we talked about at length in the main episode. I really like all of that. And I feel like it would be bogging him down a lot to like also be talking to Hopper right now. I feel like that's a lot and we don't need it. So it doesn't make sense to have Elias because we're having a much quieter moment with Perrin right now that I think, like I said in the last episode, I think is going to set him up for the rest of his character arc. I really do like what they're doing with Perrin and Marcus Rutherford is just brilliant. So I don't mind that we don't have Elias here. I think it's possible that we could get him later because we don't have the wolves either. Like we're yet to see how that's all going to play out. So let's give it some time. Let's see. I really did like Tinker Rumspringa for sure. I like this concept. I know that it means that um, it means some changes for Aram right? That it it might not be such a big deal that he leaves the Tinkers. I don't think it necessarily has to be that way. I think it could actually add some really nice sort of tension to his storyline by putting him in a position to like take his Tinker Rumspringa with Perrin and then have to decide whether or not he wants to go back and then make the decision not to. Like, I actually think it gives him a lot more to do and it's more interesting and it goes on for longer because like his stuff with Perrin doesn't happen for like a really long time. Like if if he's going to stay in the show for the next like three seasons before we get to like the Malden plot line. Oh, good Lord. It's going to be way more than three before we get there, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus. Probably it'll probably be for like season four or five before we get there. So... Giving Aram something to do in the interim seems like a good idea. And he can have a nice little conflicted arc about whether or not to go back, I guess is what I'm saying. I think that it's going to make it a little bit more interesting. I'm here for all of that. And those were most of the big changes that we had there, like sort of substantial plot things, right? Not like nitpicky little bullshit that I'm not going to worry about. 
Egwene, we talked about in the main episode more, I think. I, I liked it as a little bit of setup for her. She didn't, but there's not really much to say. Um, other than she's more with Rand, so her dance with Aram is less sort of uh, evocative, I guess. I don't know. Perrin feels a certain kind of way about that in the books, and I don't feel like that translated here. And and great. Um, I don't think it really means anything. Matt and Rand, I really like the amalgamation of this section of the Eye of the World because this is not my favorite. Like when I was reading the book, I every Matt and Rand chapter in Eye of the World during this section where they're trying to get to Camelin and they're just bouncing from town to town and dark friend to dark friend with Matt getting meaner and meaner, <laughs> like everything's just getting worse. I would just look at the map like every single chapter and be like, how the fuck are we not in Camelin? We're in Four Kings. I'm like, okay, they're so close to Camelin. Surely we can just keep going. Like, just keep walking. Don't stop. I was like, don't pull over. Don't take the night off. <laughs> just go to Camelin. So I really don't mind them condensing this a little bit, but I think that they're keeping the really important beats. And honestly, like that was just so dope this week. I can't even stand it. Um, They're really like doing a great job of showing and not telling with everything, but but with the dagger and the fade, like all the non-readers are picking up on that dynamic. I also really liked the way that like the fade moved and stuff. That was all super book accurate. Um, and people are, like I said, picking up on like the two evils and that conflict, which is super cool. And Birgitta, of course, that's like, that's the best Easter egg ever. And when I have thought about this adaptation, I kind of forgot about her because she just like she comes into the story late. And obviously she's the best. Like I didn't forget about her as a character, but kind of wasn't thinking about how they might adapt her because it's it's just a ways down the road. But the fact that they dropped that doll in here, like, oh, my God. And if the, if they have. They must do the Heroes of the Horn. They just nobody's mentioned the Horn of Velier, which I feel like at this point in Eye of the World they had, and maybe there's just too much going on. It wouldn't surprise me if we didn't have the hunt for the horn, like if they condensed the concept of the horn into something else. I don't know, but I just love that they're dropping these breadcrumbs so early on Brigitte, and I can't wait to see her in the show, and like, god damn it, I had such a hard time when Scott asked in the main episode about whether there are any women warders, and I was like, ah. Ah, I want to talk about Brigitte. She's so cool. But um, I do think that the guys are going to love her. Ben's going to love her and Elaine, like their relationship, because like, Elaine is is Ben's favorite right now. He just finished Eye of the World. It's really funny watching the two of them at like different levels of having seen any part of the books at all, trying to piece together what's going on. But anyway, yay for Brigitte. That was awesome. And... Rand right now is really interesting to me. I love how we're playing like the anybody but Rand game. Like it's just like, don't look at Rand seems to be the goal, <laughs> which makes sense because obviously he's so obviously the dragon in the book. But based on the AMA, it sounds like we are going to get the fever dream. And I'm going to talk about some of the highlights of the AMA in this as well. But Rafe Judkins, the showrunner, did an AMA. And they asked about like, you know, so the fact that they skipped the fever dream. And he was like, oh, did we? And I'm like, oh, well, fuck. So if we're going to get the fever dream in Tam and like the reveal that he wasn't born there, presumably more Aiel hints in the next episode as well, because we just have the one that like hardly anybody's really picking up on. So I don't know if we get the fever dream is Rand's kind of sitting here right now feeling like he's the dragon. 
Like, he doesn't know about the dagger, so what must he think about Matt right now? And will he trust enough to take Matt to Tarvalin? And and I think I think that he will trust enough to take him to Tarvalin to be healed. I think that he's not going to... Like, I think Matt's going to get so sick. I really think Matt's going to get healed and get his luck this season. Like, maybe even, like, before they go into the ways, I think is what's going to happen, which would be fucking sick. Like, in episode six, maybe. I would be really excited if that happened because Matt needs that to happen very much sooner than it does in the books. But I feel like he's going to be so sick. Rand's going to have no choice. I do feel like they're all going to hook up in Tar Valen. Like I don't really see them like not making it there, but I think this nicely sets up Rand's turmoil and distrust of the eyes to die. And, and I'm just curious if we're going to get a flashback from winter night that makes us look at that interaction he had with Tom really differently and be thinking about himself. Like, will we get flashbacks of him getting like, maybe he had some channeling sickness after he knocked the door down. I don't know. But because it seems, it doesn't seem like Rand has been having a kind of deep reflection. You know, when he's like quipping with Matt about his sweater and stuff, doesn't really feel like he's in his head about, you know, being an Aiel. So I don't know. I'm, but it really sounds like from what Rafe said that we might actually get that scene. So let's find out. I think that's going to be pretty wild. But they're setting up everyone's arcs so beautifully. I really like that. Like Rand's distrust of the Aes Sedai is all there. Matt's still going through his dagger thing. We all know Matt doesn't get anything set up until later. But we have all the stuff with his siblings um, and his parents. And I'm looking for a redemption arc for Abel Cawthon. Um, And also Matt's mom, whose name I don't know, but who I think also it would be nice if she could be redeemed. She was kind of the worst. But I and. As I've said, I like what they're doing with Perrin. I think based on what like Scott is saying, I feel like they're doing a great job with Egwene. Because I feel like they are too, but it's hard to see past the gaps that I fill in for myself, right? Like what I know about where Egwene's story is going to go and who she is as a character. And that I'm like seeing what I want to see from what they're showing us. It's really hard to tell whether or not that's the case. Um, but based on Scott's interpretation of her from our main episode, which again, you guys can go check that out anywhere you get podcasts. I think that they are doing a good job of getting it across that her story is going to be about her doing her thing. She's not the dragon and fine. If she's Tavirin, I'm whatever to that change. If it helps kind of propagate uh, the question mark around who the dragon is fine. Like I understand those changes for plot purposes, but the Egwene really does like, she charts her own path. She's a fucking badass. I love Egwene. Also, she's like stuck up and wrong a lot of the time. Like I know a lot of people don't like Egwene and I don't always disagree. I just I just like her anyway. <laughs> but uh, but I like the way that they're getting everybody set up. And of course, Nynaeve. I mean, Nynaeve is like, Zoe Robbins is killing it. I like Nynaeve way more right now in the show than in the books. And I like Nynaeve. I just... She's just crushing it. It's one of those characters. It's like Osha from Game of Thrones, who was like so much better in the show, I thought, than in the books. Like they and George R. R. Martin said he was like writing cooler stuff for her that like will never be published on account of how great she was in the show. And she was. And I think that I think that Nynaeve is just gonna be a standout for a long time coming. Like she's <laughs> I love her. I'm really excited about just everything from this episode with her it was insane. Um so speaking of which, Aes Sedai, 
this is the storyline where there were the most changes for sure. Like almost none of this was directly from the books. It wasn't like an amalgamation of things that happened. Like Perrin and Egwene's was probably the closest. Um, and then Matt and Rand. And then this, it's just like, yeah, it makes sense. Like they would have gone to get Loghain, but none of this was from the books. And I love how much people love this and this episode, despite those changes, that's just such a hallmark of good writing and good adaptation. So that's super awesome to see. My first comment on this whole section, though, is that I like Alana. Like, it keeps making me forget that I hate Alana. And I'm like, well, Alana's going to, like, rape Rand later. I don't like Alana. This is not great. But but there it is. And there's some really funny memes going around about that right now, too. Of like, oh, fuck, I like Alana right now. And great. I think that, that that's, that's going to set this up to be really interesting. I hope people turn on her in a horrible way after she after she bonds Rand without his consent. Cause that is just like such a, Oh, this, these books are so good. I can't wait to get to that bit. <laughs> I think it's going to blow people's minds. Like there's, when you really sit back and think about it, like for those of us who've read the books a bunch of times, it's like, we kind of take it for granted some of these plot points, but having the opportunity to like sit back and think about them going through this with people who haven't read it, has been really fun and just like, yeah, actually there's some really wild shit that happens in this story. I can't wait to see it on screen. Like how ridiculous is like the cleansing of Sidene going to be? And also I've just been dying to say those words out loud. So thank you for the spoiler space. Cause like, trying to keep so much stuff back. Um, but yeah, so I like Alana. So fuck. I think it's really interesting that the greens are here with the reds in this episode. Cause I don't think that's in the books. It's always just the reds that are out gentling dudes, but it totally makes sense. And it gives a little bit more to like nail down the, the battle stuff, which I want to say, I love that we're getting that now the way that, that uh, Kareni said that, or was it, was it Alana actually that said that? I think it was Alana. Um, but the way that she said it and the fact that we're getting that early is great. I will miss the moment after um, it's Egwene's. Yeah. It's Egwene's accepted test, right? Where she comes out and she's like, what does it mean to be green Aja? And like possibly Alana explains, I can't remember which green Aja is with her. <laughs> Who knows? But um, one of them explains the whole, the whole thing to her about being the battle Aja. And I love that moment. And maybe we can still have it, but I don't know. I'll miss it if we lose that later, but I'm really, really glad that we have this opened up now. Cause now we have, we know three of the Ajas and we saw a yellow. So it's just four to go. And my, my theory, Oh my sweet God, please let this be true. Is that we will meet Varen on the road to Tower Valen. Like I could see her like intercepting the group on the way in, um, being all all Varany. And and also like we do like meet her out in the world in the first book, right? Isn't she just like, or does she show up in Faldera with the rest of the congregation? I don't remember off the top of my head, but I would really like to see Varen like show up out of nowhere. And then that can knock out the brown Alja on the road. And then when we get to the tower, there's only three left. And, you know, it's just the whites, the grays, and the yellows. So the yellows will be the important thing. I suspect they'll be all over Nynaeve. Which would be awesome and book accurate. Um, I really love that we're getting Loghain so soon. He's awesome. And I hope they keep him around somehow. 
like, does this mean that like Nynaeve's going to heal him way sooner? I mean, I know that he hangs around for a long time in the books. He's just off screen and I can't imagine them keeping such a great actor off screen for a really long time. I don't know. I guess Game of Thrones did it. It's just, it's a bargain, right? I don't know how they'll decide to handle that. Maybe they haven't decided yet, but I really hope that they find a way to keep like an expanded storyline for him and keep him in the show. I hope we don't do season two without him. I just, I just loved him and it gave him so much sympathy and we got a lot of insight into him and he's such a fan favorite. Like I get why Rafe wanted to expand his role. So I feel like all that goes great. I also hope that we get Min's prophecy about him like right away. Um, I want everyone to know that he's not over. That could be another way to do this. Even if he's not around for a little while, we could have Min's prophecy really early so that we know that he's coming back or that he's going to be important. And I think that he's going to be great in the next episode for like exposition about how to go on living after you've been gentled. And I think simultaneously we might get what it looks like to go on living after your eyes to die dies. And I would like that a lot. I think that this episode, episode five, could have a lot of room to like do some show not tell on those things because they need to explain better what's going to happen to Karenny's warder. Um, and I think we see that in the trailer, right? Like I have a feeling that because we saw that Lan was like best buddies with with him, right? Like maybe he does die. And that's why Lan's so upset in that one scene. I feel like maybe that's what's going to happen in like Moraine's in white for a funeral. Like I think they're going to be at the tower in the next episode. And we're going to get a lot of like fallout of what happens after your Aes Sedai dies and probably also what happens after you're gentled. And I think that they'll probably mention stilling as well, which they have not mentioned. So I think that'll be awesome. One of the big questions right now is whether Leandrin will stay Black Aja because she almost burnt herself out trying to do that. So it seems like unlikely. And... I don't know, you know, you're still red before you're black. And they, and it was also really clever the way that they showed her burning out or almost burning out. Like that now we have a visual cue for what that might look like because it's it's described so viscerally in the books, but not necessarily in a way that like you could translate to an audience. So I really like the way that they showed that. But I'm wondering if she's going to get blended with Elida there was a whole conversation on Dusty Wheel about this on their after show. And I don't know. I don't, I don't think we need to necessarily go there just yet to be concerned because there's plenty of time to bring in more characters. It's not like this is the only like morally gray or bad Aes Sedai we're ever going to meet, obviously. So there's plenty of room to still get Elida. I also think like they could kind of realistically combine like Leandrin and Alviarin, they could put those two together or they could make a light of black Aja and combine her with Alviarin, or they could put her all, all three of those characters together into Leandrin. But I think it's unlikely. I think that Alviarin and Leandrin are the ones most likely to be combined and we could have Leandrin later as uh, the keeper, right? I think that makes sense and keep Elida as this like moronic red. And I think like Rafe gets it, right? And people really like Elida because she's this like morally gray character, but she's not evil. And everybody really likes that about her. So I don't really see Rafe pulling that out and saying, okay, no, she's black Aja. Like I think that that gray area will stay. It's part of what makes the story so interesting. So I think we'll still have an Elida, but I think we might not get an Alviarin. 
that's my prediction on that. So let's talk about the AMA a little bit. There were a million questions answered in the AMA, so I'm not going to hit on all of them. But it, it sounds like from what Rafe said, that the loyal we are seeing in these behind the scenes shots or leak shots, whatever that we've been seeing is the loyal that we're getting. And, and yikes a little bit, but cause I don't love the look myself. I know a lot of people are like flipped out about it, but I would rather have more loyal than less. So I, I kind of like agree with Rafe's rationale. I also feel like there's ways to make him taller without using CG. Right? Like Lord of the Rings did it, like give him a prosthetic and do some camera tricks. But also those hobbits were in makeup for like a thousand hours a day. And it's just, is that realistic for 10 years of TV? And I do want to get more loyal than less and not have him suck up the budget for what purpose? And also, I don't want to be nasty about it before anyone's even seen it. Like, but his his height and his wild hair are kind of my issues. I'm like, what am I looking at? This It's just so not how I pictured them. And I don't really understand how they're going to say oh, here are these, like, it's a different race from, like, somewhere else in the multiverse. And also, it's just a dude. So I, but I, so far, everything's been great. So I'm sure that they'll figure it out. But it does seem like that's going to be our loyal. And I hope that it looks good when we get him properly. I, for as much judging as I am doing right now, I am trying really hard not to before I actually see it. And I know that we'll have him by episode seven is the dark within the ways, I think. So for sure, I think we'll like meet him in episode six, if not maybe next week. I don't know. The one guy in the AMA that was whining was awesome. I assume everybody saw that. It was fucking great. He was like, if this was going to be another turning of the wheel, though, why didn't you say so? This is some bullshit. People wouldn't be pissed if you just told us. And Rafe was like, yeah, we told you that like a thousand times and also stop being an asshole. And yes, like, why would you go on the AMA to like say that to Rafe Jenkins? Like, don't watch the show then. Like the books are, they're right there on all of our shelves. This changes nothing about the books. Like I just, I don't, I don't get people's gripe because it, it literally changes nothing about the books. All it does is create more Wheel of Time content. Nynaeve was trending top 10 on Thursday for fuck's sake. I think we can all deal with a couple of changes is really my take on it. But I also am just loving this show so much. So I don't know if you have issues with it. I'm sure they're probably mostly logical, but I just, I'm just, I can't be, I can't help but happy, happy about it. Um, Rafe also said we are going to get the wheel of time swearing, which crucial. We all know we have to get that. We have to get a blood and bloody ashes. And, and he said, uh, Rafe's response was, like the person was like, why haven't we gotten this or something, something. Right. And Rafe was like, blood and bloody ashes. Give us time. Wait till you meet Uno. And I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe how much there still is to come in, in this season. And we're already halfway through, but there's still so much coming and it's going to be jam packed. And he's Rafe said that his favorite episode is in season two. Like so far I'm like, Oh my God, what's it going to be? I can't fucking wait to see. I hope it's, I, I can't wait to see the Sean Chen. Um, Marcus Rutherford mentioned that in the, um, oh, I'm spacing the name of you guys' YouTube channel that like Nablus is on and Daniel Green, um, but whatever the after show is and Marcus Weatherford was on it last week and mentioned the Sean Shen. I talked about this earlier, but sounds like we are getting more winter night that we are probably going to get the flashback to Tam. 
And uh, like I say, I'm really curious how they're going to pull this off and like what they're going to imply that Rand knew. And like, who knows, maybe it'll be something different. Maybe it won't be that he's an Aiel or like where he was born. Maybe there will be something else revealed in the fever dream. We don't know. Which is wild, like thinking about like big changes like that, because we just take for granted what the fever dream, what that means, what that reveal is. But there's no reason they can't use a flashback to that and like use that moment to give us different information. Because Moraine said nobody knows where the dragon was born. So like who fucking cares? But also it's set up that he's an Aielman. So I, I love that I have questions. I love that we don't totally know, but also we have most of the information and I just like really enjoy this experience and. Game of Thrones was shitty in the end and it's been gone for so long. This just feels so good <laughs> to play this game again. Marcus has a nose coach. That was one of my favorites. They said that literally there's someone there to help him with like what it's like when parents smells emotions and stuff. And I'm like, yes. And um, the last thing that I want to talk about in the AMA, I mean, there were so many questions, but to keep it reasonably brief, Avienda has been cast. And okay, I recognize Avienda's presence in book two. And I super hope this means that we go to the waste. I don't mind if we meet Avienda on the road and do it just like the books. But I would like to speed this along such that we can do Dumai's Wells by the finale of season three. And that means that we need to have like a big midway through the season battle with Balsamon in the sky halfway through season two. I wouldn't be one bit surprised if that takes place in tier, if they find a way to like combine that with the stone and not go west. I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> but I would really like to see us go to the waste sometime during season two. So that would be dope. Um, if we could get like get the stone of tier by the midway through the season and like end where like book three ends maybe somewhere in book four. I would be pretty stoked about that if we could jump right along so we can get to do my as well as by season three, which it just seems to be the consensus of like where people expect the pacing to get us to. And I think they can combine things in a way that most of us probably aren't even thinking about in order to get all of those big beats in. Cause when you think about it, not actually all that much happens in books two and three, like the really big important things. We do have all the Shan Shan stuff to deal with though. I don't know. I can speculate on that, like, basically forever. But speaking of speculation, next week, we're pretty much guaranteed to get some white cloaks, right? I I loved uh, I loved Scott talking about it in the main episode of, like, I feel like something needs to happen for Perrin and Egwene next week. Like they, And I'm like, oh, God, it will. Trust me. You'd be, like, begging for this quiet moment. And I wonder what's going to happen, because Perrin's not friends with the wolves yet, so it doesn't really make sense for him to kill a white cloak because they attack the wolves. I wonder if they're going to knock out Aram. I mean, we see Aram like in a heap on the ground in the trailer. Right. So I'm like, they're not going to kill him. Right. That would be, that seems crazy to me. I mean, maybe, but that seems kind of crazy to me. I mean, if they're going to kill him, why introduce Tinker Rumspringa? Like, I, so I don't know, but he, is he just going to go full berserker to avoid capture? Because the trial matters in the end, right? Like, surely he has to kill a white cloak. And maybe he'll do it later. Um, and that's when the Hopper storyline will happen. Like, maybe they'll do it super book accurately, but later. Because Rafe did say some book one stuff is going to happen in book two. And I could see Perrin having multiple white cloak run-ins and this not being the end-all be-all of that interaction. 
you know, it, this doesn't have to happen in, in season one. I hope if it gets skipped that people don't flip out because I think it would be smart for them to save him killing the White Cloak until he is talking to the wolves sometime in season two. So I don't know. But the other thing Rafe said in the AMA is that if he could do one scene like beat for beat, it would be this whole bit with the ravens and the white cloaks. So I'm like, are they going to even do the ravens? Because that scene from the trailer makes it look like the white cloaks just like come up on them while they're with the tinkers. There's for sure a tinker with them. Uh, like it's Aram, right? Laying on the ground. So I don't know. I'm curious. I feel like they might cut all of that and just push it out to a different book. And frankly, I think that makes sense. I'm also wondering for next week, I think we're probably going to meet Min when Moraine approaches the tower. I wouldn't be surprised if Min is her eyes and ears network in like an inn or a tavern nearby to the tower. We might even meet um, Loyal there or maybe Rand and Matt will show up there and Min will help like later, like Moraine goes now and sees Min and then Rand and Matt show up and see Min and Min connects everybody. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I wouldn't be surprised if Min was Moraine's eyes and ears that told her about the Taviran. Like maybe Min had been through the two rivers and seen the boys. Because she could she can see Taviran, I think. Or or like the Taviran always have more shit around them. Like she knew the kids were Taviran. So I wouldn't be surprised if Min is the answer to that. Because the other thing Rafe said in the AMA, people were like, how can there be rumors of Taviran? And he was like, you distrust Moraine's eyes and ears. And I'm like, that's got to be Min, right? I feel like that would make sense. Um, and I think it would make sense if she was the fifth possible dragon too. I wonder if that's a possibility. Cause she, I know she's a little older than the kids, but maybe that's what will happen if it's not Nynaeve. And the only reason I feel like it's not Nynaeve is cause I just think they're making such a meal out of it. I feel like if it is Nynaeve, I think they'll tell us like too sweet early in the next episode. I think they'll tell us once that mystery is solved. And obviously they didn't really have time to do that this week because it just ended on Nynaeve being fucking badass, but we're going to see. I also like the idea of Min being in the tower already. Just put her there. That's fine. Like, just have her working for Swan now or for Moraine and be in the tower. That would work great for me because she ends up there later and, like, let's just cut the whole plot line where they have to disguise her in dresses, honestly. Let's not force Min out of her comfortable clothes. I don't want to do that to her for any reason. <laughs> so I really... <laughs> I kind of hope that they just like have her already working for Swan and Moraine. Like maybe she's like the only other person who knows about their agreement. All of these things I think would be sick. I'm curious what Rand and Matt are going to do next week. I suspect sort of a quieter episode for them like this week was for Perrin and Egwene. I think next week will be for Matt and Rand. I think that they might run into Pat and Fane though because the episode's called Blood Calls Blood which is obviously a Pat and Vane reference, but we're not going to be in Valdera. So I wouldn't be surprised if they run into Pat and Vane and that he's still like, I don't think that he's going to be like ragged and flipped out because we haven't seen him really at all. I think he would be very much like he was in the two rivers. I think they'll change a lot about him. And I don't know, maybe he'll have some advice for a very sick Matt. That's possible. And like, we'll hear the whistling. And I just, I just feel like more dark friend stuff. And like, what if we got the dark friend socials the, as the cold open? I would flip out. That would be insane. I And we could see Pat and Fane there. And then so when he shows up with random Matt later, there's like some beautiful dramatic irony. I could get so down with having the dark friend social be the opening of next week. I really, really hope that it is. If it is, I'm changing the name of this podcast bonus from 
Black Aja Friday to the Dark Friend Social. <laughs> like, I, it would be fucking so cool. Um, but I do think probably it'll be quieter for Rand and Matt, more like Perrin and Egwene was this week. And it might be the great opportunity for the Winter Night flashback, but that might be a little bit too early, too much of a giveaway for the dragon. Matt is going to be sick as hell. So I feel like if, and if we're keeping accurate to the books, probably more dark friends will be chasing them, maybe Pat and Fane. So I feel like there will probably be some action, but it'll be reasonably quiet for them because we're going to have so much going on with Perrin and Egwene. And then we're going to have Moraine reaching the tower. So that's going to be like a whole shit show, right? I think at least that's what's going to happen. I think we're going to have a really interesting conversation with Lan and Nynaeve and a lot of yellows hanging around Nynaeve, please God. I would love to see her, like, I mean, there's no way they they squeeze this in, but how dope would it be if we got an accepted test, like, even, like, early episode six? I'm like, just rush it along. Just bring us there. I'm, like, the worst advocate of of this rushed pacing that everyone's hating. I'm like, yeah, go, go, go. Get, get to, like, book five. <laughs> but uh, I think we'll see Swan and all the stuff between her and Moraine, because they said this week that, you know, Swan was going to bring you and Lan in. And I love that they're like setting up this ruse. And I suspect that they are not going to make their romantic relationship subtext and good. I have a feeling that's going to make Lan and Moraine's relationship really clear to viewers um, in that Moraine is like with Swan, but not at all clear to Nynaeve, who I think is going to continue to be concerned about that and also super in love with Lan. And everyone kind of knows it because she like... <laughs> went awesome in this episode and healed everybody because Lan got hurt. So that's going to be really interesting. I'm curious to see what happens there. But yeah, I think most of the action will be with Perrin and Egwene. Lots of important plot stuff and some action probably for Moraine. And I think a lot of quiet anguish for Rand. And yeah, let's go. I think we're going to meet Min. Um, and I think Matt's going to get healed like in episode six. So I'm pretty excited about all of this, but that is, I think, about all of my spoilery stuff that I wanted to bring up. So with that, I will take us out of here. I'll take myself out of here. Make sure you guys subscribe wherever you get podcasts. It really helps us out. We have a new website up, the link to that. Um, I'll put it in the episode description. It'll also be... It's in all of our social media profiles. So you guys can check that out on Instagram at go behind the timeline and at Twitter at behind timeline. There's the link to the website where you can get all of the episodes and links to where it's being hosted. So make sure that you guys subscribe and share and whatever you can do to help us keep growing. We love doing this. Send us feedback at go behind the timeline at Gmail. And if you guys want to get on Black Aja Friday, if you guys are book readers and you want to get in here, or if you're just like totally insane and you're just here to spoil the shit out of yourself, then uh, come and renounce your oaths with me. Hit me up, let me know, and you can come on with me and we'll talk spoilers and be doing this weekly till the end of the season. Um, so we will see you guys um, probably around the same time as this is dropping. We'll have the Star Wars Episode Six that that review is going to come out like Friday night or Saturday. And we will be back with the Wheel of Time Episode 5 on Sunday. So keep an eye out for us. And until we see you next time, stay nerdy.